Spoiler alert. This is one of those movies that, if you haven't seen it, we really must compel you to go and see it. Even if not everyone likes it, even if you don't think you'll like it, please just go watch this movie because there are pertinent plot details that we will ruin in the early waning moments of this show and then you will come at us with pitchforks and say, how dare you ruin this movie with my Khaleesi in it. So please, spoiler alert. It's Last Christmas. It's got Emma Thompson, Amelia Clark, Henry Golding. Oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of all the movies that we have done, this is one of the most, like, you could really ruin a movie by getting the spoilers. So, what are you doing? Go watch the movie and come back. Turn it on. This episode. Well, turn, turn the movie on. And then you'll look at Henry Golding and then and then you'll know the meaning of turned on. Anyways, it's last Christmas coming at you. I'm not gonna sing to you. I want to sing to you, but I I don't have the timber or the Georgie talent. baby, you gotta sing for me. I'm not singing for you. I'm your agent. You have to sing for me. Also, I'm not British. I don't know why you guys want me to be British, but I'm not gonna do it. You're gonna put me on stage with Elton John. I'm not singing with with him. I I can't I can't match his amazingness. Wait a second. Do you think that people from different countries can't sing? What was no. Live Aid all about, Ryan? No, can't do it. I'm too intimidated. <laughs> You know, uh, you've have you seen? There's a a video of George Michael watching, I think Freddie Mercury or mm. something like that, and he's just off in the background. And he's like looking in. He's like, "Wow, do you see that? Yeah, look at that guy. He just he seemed like the young boy in the room. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. George Michael and Wham. Is it Wham or is it Wham? I think it's like kind of depending on the song. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when it's last Christmas, it's just like wham. It's just, it's like wham. <laughs> you know, going into this, I had no idea there was going to be so much George Michael because it seems at first it's glance. It's called last Christmas. At first glance, though, having seen so many Christmas movies yeah. that all just have the word Christmas in them. I was just like, okay, it's just another, it's just another movie with a Christmas in the title. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Hey, this is Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. It's Christmas month. And uh, sitting across from me is Kelly Song. Yeah, and sitting across from me is George <laughs> Ryan Graves Michael. Hey, everybody. George Michael here. Cool earring. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you like my guitar? <laughs> yeah, I love your guitar. I feel a little bad since he's passed on. I don't want to be, you know, going all in on this impersonation, but, you know, maybe I, mean, I will go on. I think it's go easier in. to... To go in, all in on an impersonation when somebody's left That's us. That's true. They can't yeah. get mad at me. Yeah. Oh, like I, I do my Louis, about that. I do my Louis Armstrong impression sometimes, and it's like, <laughs> it's like Satchmo no longer is with us, so it's probably- It's fine. He's it's not going to get mad at me. So it's fine. It's last Christmas. Um, let me just tell you a story. Do it. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. For, okay, first of all, written by, uh, well, inspired by the song, 
Last Christmas. I like how George Michael is credited as one of the writers. Written and that. composed by George Michael. Mm-hmm. Written Story written by husband and wife team Emma Thompson and Greg Wise. You may know Greg Wise from such gems as Wicked Mr. Willoughby and Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> Wait, he, is he the gem in this situation that you're talking about? Uh, maybe. Not the character, <laughs> but the actor. He is He's beautiful. very beautiful. He has a chin that you can cut cheese on. Yeah. Not like in the in the farting sense. So you know? he, Greg Wise and M. Thompson got married like seven years. 2003. After, after yeah. they married, after they made Sense and Sensibility. So Emma like really sat on that. She's like, mm, you, one of the mm. great, one of the great reads knowing that is if you go back and read her um, journals for Sense and Sensibility, she talks about Greg Wise came on set and isn't he hot? <laughs> <laughs> like she kind of talks about how beautiful all the people are and how she feels intimidated by all but of them. But Greg Wise especially. I don't I don't remember if she like goes in on him more than the others, but now I'm now I want to go back and reread. Yeah. 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 Uh so they wrote the story and they were obviously in Okay, maybe not so obviously inspired by the George Michael song, because at first you hear a lot of George Michael and you hear a lot of Wham, but you're kind of like, last Christmas I gave you my heart. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was like, where is the story of that song in this movie right I now? I know, because you're watching it and you're watching it and you're watching it. It's like, where's the thing where we're going to like meet the person that she broke up with? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think, there's lots of movies where... If it's like a biopic, then they use a lot of like that artist's music. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of like a film specifically inspired by a band's music or song or discography is the basis of the story that's being told. There's there's got to be. I mean, it's not like a like a like what's that Bob? Well, yeah, because that Bob Dylan movie yeah. is is another biopic. Films inspired by albums bands or songs. Let's see, Google. What do you got? Um, yesterday, yesterday, okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. See, Straight Outta Compton. That's a that's a biopic. Whiplash, kind of, I guess. But that's just like they just focus on. It's just like jazz, just, man. It's jazz. <laughs> it's just jazz. It's jazz. Um, jazz, baby. I think one of the greatest musical films of all time is that thing you do. Right, but you know that's inspired by a genre more so. Right. Uh, oh, 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 oh! Across the universe is probably our closest comp. That is a story as yeah. crafted by Beatles songs. Yeah, like, it's as if what they did for that movie was they fed an AI all the Beatles songs <laughs> and, and it's like, like make a make, make a, a story movie. out of make this. Make a yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. It's like, here you go. <laughs> that that could be a good trend, huh? Yeah, I will say one of the things that I want to do when I'm like a maniacal movie producer mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be making billions of dollars. Oh, billions, I'm sure. What I want to do, and I think, I really think there is a market for this, so don't steal my idea, anyone. But I Can think I- they should take classic songs and do a, well, I guess do a better job than Last Christmas. Um, and oh, just, okay, you're kind of giving away a little bit. Well, here. a little bit. and Well, only in the sense of actually, like, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was a movie called Hotel California? Oh, and and you just—it's that song's story, but it's a movie. Man, a million voices just cried out in pain <laughs> when you said that. I, I think that would be cool, and I, I think there's a like a, a whole, you know, music catalog where you could be like, you know, there's a good story there. You know what? I, I do think that, like you brought up, Hotel California, which has been 
it just it's been so overplayed at this point in time for so many of us that know, we're tired of it. Imagine but, all the boomers there are like, oh, yeah. oh, Kelly, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I've only been to Hawaii a couple of times, but like if you ever go near a resort, Hotel California plays like once a night. Yeah. Um, but there is some like mystique to the story of that song. Yeah, you're kind of like, wondering who like, these what's mysterious going on? people are. Like, what what is what is this all about? But I do also think that takes away from like any integrity that the artist has as far as yeah. like, what well, is no, the you got to bring the them on as producers. Okay. You need, you need them there. Um, I feel like, I feel like though, they're like, well, it's mainly about cocaine <laughs> and, and you're like, well, can we make it about something else? As long as there's a lot of cocaine. Involved. Um, or what about summer of 69 coming of age movie right there? Boom, boom. You're done. The movie writes itself. It's done. I don't you have a theme song. I'm glad that you this had this is such idea. A good idea. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I feel like this is a, it, a great money grabbing opportunity. It though. feels like what a lot of those musical biopics are coming out right now. Like Bohemian Rhapsody. Like I didn't want to go to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, I know Queen is awesome. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't want to see not Queen. I want to see yeah. Queen. Yeah. If I'm going to be experiencing Queen on speakers like that, I don't need Rami Malek doing it. I want Freddie Mercury doing it. Nothing against Rami Malek. Sure. But that's, that's Freddie. I do. I, and there is a lot like the, the best scene in that movie, I think is the concert at the end. Mm-hmm. And there is literal footage of that. That is yeah. just as impressive, if not more so. And I kind of want to go and watch the Elton John movie. I'm is, much more intrigued I, by that. I, I, so Robin and I watched both of them. We liked the Elton John one a lot more. Yeah. It just had, it, it had personality that felt more filmic. Yeah. Where it was like, it was telling an, an abstraction of a story, not trying to hit like, these are the beats that you know, or do you know? Well, yeah. you kind of did know. Because I saw, I saw like a snippet of him when, as a really young guy doing your song. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were, it was like early in the movie and it was young Elton John and he was playing your song. Yep. And it seemed like. He was playing it to Bernie. Yeah. And it seemed like these were characters, not like, oh my God, it's Elton John. It's like, there's this guy. He's a musician yeah. Yeah. and he has this song that he's playing for another character. And I, I like that. Yeah. And it, it each one of those songs is taken as an idea of what Elton might have been going through in life mm. rather than and it's played much more like a musical. Yeah. Which I think if you're going to do a music biopic, like a biopic of a musician, why not make it a musical? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like not not a full on like everybody's dancing musical, but like Make the music a character rather than making yeah. it about that person's life. Yeah. We know, we know, like we know the rocker story. <laughs> they're, they're going to be a little poor. They're going to, you know, be a genius at music mm-hmm. and then they're going to get noticed, picked up. They're going to like have a first great tour. Then they're going to like either cheat or do drugs or something. And it's going to make some rough stuff happen between them and their yeah. significant. They're going to bottom out. And then they're going to come back for a great concert. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the story every time. And so if you want the best version of that, it's Wayne's World. Tell me, when that first show is over, will you still love me when I'm an incredibly humongoid giant star? Yeah. Will you still love me when I'm in my hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase? Yeah. Will you still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate sequin jumpsuit, young girls in white cotton panties, waking up in a pool of your own vomit, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet phase? Yeah. Okay. Party. Bonus. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about this, this movie. Though. This movie is not, it's taking the um, uh, across the universe way of doing like an artist's song and making a story out of it. 
Yeah, but not not so intricately. But not the story I thought Last Christmas would have warranted. Because this movie is saying it's based on Last Christmas. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I did not expect the story, this movie, to be what See, and was I didn't go in from the song. I didn't go in expecting that, so I didn't have a lot of like expectations. I guess like I saw the opening credits, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's George Michael's it's George Michael's Last Christmas. Like it's the I story guess. of that song. Okay, that's a that's a weird expectation to bring into a movie. But if if it's literally crediting, if it's saying the credit is inspired by the song Last Christmas, I would think that's going to inform but the like, story. It's like telling. just just because you're inspired by something doesn't mean that it's going to follow beat for beat. No, what I, it goes on. I mean, there's only so many like story beats you can get from the lyrics. But sure. it's it's kind of that thing where it's like it comes on every Christmas and it feels like a classical romantic song of like you're taking it literally and this movie does not well it does it's almost more literally than you could possibly imagine (laughs) so let's so let's go into it let's not let's not judge up front let's let's get into it basically the movie starts out in yugoslavia like pre-war also not expecting that no it, it really comes out of left field where young amelia clark is singing in a concert and her sister is like eyeing one of the other girls in the concert and the dad notices and he's like mm, disapprove and emma thompson just has eyes for her young daughter singing in the choir and everything seems so great mm-hmm. cut to 20 years later we're in london hello i'm from london <laughs> And Amelia Clark, uh, do we see her at work right away? Is that the first thing, or is no, she? No, she she's at the bar. Uh, oh right, she meets she meets the guy um, who is you know haven't met him yet, but he plays Isildur in the Rings of Power. Oh, Isildur! So, yeah, so that really threw me off. I'm like, what are you? What are you doing here? Go back to Middle Earth. Um, I don't like him as Isildur. Oh, okay, that's. I mean, I don't know yet, but I trust you. <laughs> He just, I don't know. Isildur should be very noble, but susceptible. He's very sus. Sus? He's very sus. He's sus. He's He's pretty sus. Yo, Isildur, you (laughs) seem pretty sus over there with that ring. (laughs) (laughs) And so she she goes home with this dude, and you can just tell that she's a little broken. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, She's, she's... She's a little bit of a hot mess. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, good time with this guy, whatever." Yeah. Is, is he the one where she accidentally he's she's taking the shower and yeah, she gets so, walked in so on? Yeah, he, he wakes up and he's like, "I'm gonna go down to the cafe and get you a latte and make you a juice and stuff." And she's, she's like, like oh, "Oh, that's nice." And then she's taking a shower, and who should come in? The girlfriend or wife or whoever. Yeah, yeah. and so she gets kicked out yeah. by by that lady. I I will. Just make one complaint up front right now. I'm going to have a... Okay, let me just go for it and how I felt about this movie. I don't hate this movie, but I have a lot of little complaints. Okay. That's where I'm coming from. A lot of quibbles. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. 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 Quibbles and bits is part of a balanced podcast diet. Please talk to your doctor before listening. Quibbles and bits is for humans, not dogs. Part of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. If you have a character that says out loud... My life's a mess. You've done something wrong in your storytelling. I don't think so, but I keep think going. So. I don't think a character needs to scream, my life is a mess. Don't tell me that their their life's a mess. Show me I, their life I, is a I mess. I think there are characters who... I, there are people I have heard come... Like, I had roommates that would come home out of after like a bad day and just be like, my life is a mess. You know, they would say things would like that. Would you do it in the street? Like, would you scream to the heavens, my life is a mess? I believe this character would. 
Okay. Like I, I was on board with her, her dialogue throughout this movie. I is like I said, it's quibbles where it's just yeah, like, yeah, sure. I know her life's a mess. She doesn't need to tell me that. I, I it, hear you. I felt a little dumb, like, or belittled. I'm like, you don't need to treat me like this. I can see. And I, I, I want to know where you're going to come at this movie from, because like, we just watched the princess switch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, would you say this movie's a better movie than that one? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Really? Yeah. What do you want me to say? That it's way better than The Princess Switch? I mean, filmmaking wise, acting yeah, wise. Yeah, no, the production is obviously better. Okay. Like production value. And the acting. All across and the, the story. I am not crazy about Amelia Clark's acting in this movie. Really? I don't think it's that okay. good. What, what I don't want to do is do this thing the whole time. You're asking me questions. I'm just trying to You're the to one who wants to come up and be like, ah, this I is how I feel a, about I just, the movie. I just had a quibble. Okay. Um, but it, I don't think she's a bad actor. I just don't like what she's doing in this film. I, I think she, like I said. Ryan also doesn't like complicated characters <laughs> with complicated morals. So. I don't think she's that complicated. I think it's pretty... Think, I think it's pretty straightforward. Okay. So. So we we have her though. Yeah. Right. And she's, she obviously isn't doing great. No. Um, she ends up at the store next. I she believe. works at the, the coolest Christmas store ever. Um, if, depending on what your no, home decor style is. I definitely think you're right. It's, it's the coolest Christmas store that I've seen because I've been in Christmas stores and they're usually small and hokey mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, it must be hard to work here. All year. Do, are there Christmas stores year round? There used to be one over on 28th, just off of Burnside. Really? Mm-hmm. What and do they do all day? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think they have a sale for nine months out of the year or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so her boss is Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. As Santa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love I love that bit where... She gets Michelle Yeoh gets called Santa the whole time. Like her name's not really Santa, is it? <laughs> and then later Michelle Yeoh's like, "It's not my name, idiot." <laughs> well, I like that. I I like that Amelia Clark is like, but your name is Santa, right? I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like that thing where she embodies that so much. Mm-hmm. And like, why would you call yourself Santa if you're not a jolly old man with a beard? Yeah, and. I don't know. I like her explanation where she's like, oh, no, for every job, I just changed my name. Which, good marketing there. Yeah. It sounds like a terrifying life to live, though. Yeah. And so the dynamic is Michelle Yeoh is a bit of a um, hard boss, but Amelia Clark is also not trying as hard as she she should be. Or as hard as she used to. Yeah. She used to be really good. And so I like the dynamic that at first it's very like kind of one-sided of like, oh, my boss is so mean, but mm-hmm. then it it actually gets more complicated later. Yeah, and Michelle Yeoh is kind of like, she kind of is acting as the mom who's there mm-hmm. and is like, is a mom that Amelia Clark can actually relate to. Yeah. As opposed to her real mom, played by Emma Thompson. Yeah, and so we see that she's avoiding her sister and her sister's like, you need to talk to mom. And she's like, I don't want to talk to mom either. I don't want to talk to anyone in our yeah. family right now. I yeah. just want to be left alone. And there's this reference made to like when you were sick. Yeah. So we know? knew that she was like hospitalized with something. Yeah. And but now she seems okay. And those those storylines always make me nervous. I'm like, mm, are you, you going to be I, sick? Are you going to be sick again? Are you going to relapse? Yeah. Like, are you going to die? Um, yeah, I didn't. So I, I had a lot of theories at this time. I figured it was something um cardiovascular 
Yeah, I, I figured some kind of cancer. Yeah, because it seemed like something like she was really sick and then really not sick. Right. And so, yeah, I don't something, know why. Something with surgery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, But I meant theories of like, of what the movie was about. Well, I, okay. I, well, I can't get into too much of my theorizing because this movie got spoiled for me. What? <laughs> yeah. By who? The internet. I was reading a review of it. Why? On, because I was reading a review on it. Yeah, I never do that beforehand because there's no, no, so many no, I spoilers. Read it years ago. Oh, years ago. Okay, years okay. ago before we even I thought started. You meant like you went. No. Re- yeah, okay. No, before we even started the podcast, I read a review of it. Oh. And let's see what that would really sour how I experienced <laughs> this movie. Well, let's see what the critic score is for it today. Oh, it's low. I don't think people liked this in the in theaters. Forty six percent. 81% audience score. Okay. That's so the very audience interesting. really liked it. Critics, so what I saw on the internet was like critics were like scorching this movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw a bunch of trailers for it and I really like rom-coms. I'm like, what's not to like? Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, Paul Feig, the director of Bridesmaids. Written, written by, by Emma Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. What's not to like? Mm-hmm. And so I like read a review and like all the reviews are like, spoiler alert. I'm like, okay, well just tell me why you didn't like it. And they like got into it and the reason why they didn't like it was because of spoilers. Uh, not because of spoilers in general, but spoilers. <laughs> I hate that this movie is spoiled for me. I hate this movie. <laughs> and so I read, I was like, oh, okay. So I knew what the conceit of the film going in was. Oh, man. So part of the fun that Robin and I had watching this movie was the fact that we were like, what is Henry Golding's deal? Yeah. Like, is he a time traveler? Is he her son from the future? I I guessed maybe he's dead. Like, yeah, but we didn't know like the, the, the whole, whole thing thing. And, and I like going into it blind. I thought they did like, I, I, I got fooled. Like I didn't know what yeah. it was. Right. Yeah. So I figured he was dead, but yeah. that was about, um, so spoilers she, by the way, she, we'll, we'll get to Henry Golding in a second. Yeah. So she goes, she's a little bit homeless. She doesn't want to be at home with her mom. So she's crashing on people's, she, what's that called where you're like dating people and you're just staying at, um, couch surfing, maybe bed surfing. I know that if you are the one on Pillow the receiving surfing. end, if you're on the receiving end, you're the sexless innkeeper from how I met your mother. Oh ye, yeah. Or I unless, guess, unless, unless she's you sleeping are. with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause so. she seems to be having fun. Yeah. She's, she's, she's enjoying herself. Yeah. So, uh, so she goes to her friend's house, which is like, oh man, do I relate to this a lot? Because it was her friend who's super pregnant and her husband, and she's not in that life right. mode. Right. And she's going to the bars and partying still, and they're like, we're going to stay in and work on our like IKEA sculptures. And last time Amelia Clark was over, she burned his ship. Yeah. <laughs> this is something you would work on. I can imagine you having something like that. <laughs> and so the husband's like, this girl's annoying, but she's like, she's my best friend. Deal with it. And yeah. that's how friendship works. And then she, the first night she's there, she sneaks a guy in mm-hmm. and <laughs> has sex and then crushes the Ikea lamp. So she gets kicked out of there. And it's like one of those sad walks. Like when the couple walks away, it's like one of those walks where like the boyfriend's like feeling awkward about it, but not that awkward. Yeah. Cause once you have like starting with pregnancy and beyond, you got to be a little choosier about who your house guests are. Like before then you can be like, sure, whatever, crash on the couch. But yeah. after that, it's kind of like, we got a kid here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of a wild card. Yeah. And then 
she goes, I think she goes to work later that day being a little bit homeless again. Yeah, yeah she's got all her st- stuff with her. And then she sees Henry Golding outside and she's right. like, what is this guy doing outside looking up? <laughs> she goes out there and she's like, what are you doing? Yeah, well, Henry Golding's being a little bit of a weirdo and looking up, but with that chin, wouldn't you? Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> like I, he's, Henry Golding is kind of a... He's kind of a beautiful. He's like if you made a a, a Muppet tall and handsome. <laughs> now I would definitely see a Muppet persuasion with him as the only human. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you see that pitch that um, who's the guy who's in the guy um, from Ted Lasso? Yeah, yeah. For I Pride hope they and make Prejudice. that happen. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Uh, look it up. YouTube it, people. YouTube it. He uh, wants to do Pride and Prejudice and pigs. Yeah. <laughs> so Henry Golding. Let's talk about Henry Golding for a yeah. second. We've seen him. You haven't seen this yet. You haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians yet. No. Um, Robin's seen it. Yes. Um, we've seen him in Persuasion. And yep. we've seen him here. Mm-hmm. My assessment, I don't need to pass judgment, is but he's very handsome and he's charismatic, but I there's something missing. Do you concur or do you not concur? Um, well, in terms of leading rom-com male person of the likes of the McConaughey's and the Hanks and the Pullmans and the Kinnears. I, I the- don't I don't think that there's something missing. I, I really like his persona. I will say, though, in these past two movies that I've seen him in, mm-hmm. he's kind of portrayed as a mysterious, charming gentleman with unknown motives. Yeah. And so from what I've seen, he's been given the same role that has very little meat to it. Like, his dramatic need in this movie is zero. Right. His dramatic need in the in Persuasion is almost negative. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, I, I can't actually cast a judgment on him as a lead because I think he pulls off exactly what this movie asks of That's him. That's true. But if I see him in a movie where he has, like, a vested interest in something, then I'd be able to tell you more. He's very suave and crazy rich Asian, Asians, mm-hmm. but he didn't really quite... I wasn't like, I need more Henry Golding movies. So I was just mm. like, he's nice. I've, I really liked him in this one. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of itching for more. This is by far the one I've enjoyed the most of the performance I've seen. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what's more. I don't have like high or low expectations, but I know I'm safe when Henry Golding's <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But but maybe he I'm can I'm waiting make for me, the breakthrough. Yeah, maybe he can break through or feel dangerous, you know? Ooh. <laughs> uh, Robin really liked him. He's her new celebrity crush. You know, could he be a Bond? He might be able to pull off a Bond. Oh, goodness. I think he could pull off being a Bond. Yeah, I'd like, again, I need to see him. I'd need to see a darker side of him. Because oh, he could I, do it. I, I I think he's got the suave. And we get a darkness in the persuasion character, but in, in a way that it's I don't want in my Bond. But I do think he could do it. He could be Bond. Yeah. Barbara, Broccoli. Check him out. <laughs> Check out Henry Golding. Yeah, I could I could go for a okay. good good call. Yeah. So he's out there and he's like looking up and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, there's a peregrine falcon over there. <laughs> and she's like, all right. And then it shits on her face. It, yeah. And it's like, oh, you got to wash that. Like <laughs> yeah. That's in your eye. Yeah. You could have a disease. That's where you go into the science lab and that little sink thing. You got to like yeah, really splash. flush it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should check you to make sure that you're not like patient zero for 28 days later yeah. or something. Bird, bird edemic. <laughs> so they have their little conversation and, and he's like hitting on her, mm-hmm. you know, 
But this is also where we meet what's his name, the guy who starts hitting on Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> okay, so uh, he's credited as the Dane, <laughs> aka boy. Yeah, that's right because his, his, his name is very complicated. Play the, the Dane. Dane. <laughs> that's a good nod, right? <laughs> um, and so there's this bit where this guy comes in, he starts talking to Michelle Yeoh, and he's all mysterious. And there's like this connection between him and Michelle Yeoh. Well, they they immediately have like a hello. A, 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 it's a love at first sight. Yeah. And this is the thing where I'm like, so what's the deal with this? And I feel like it never got explained. Like, it's just like, no, he's just really weird. And they have a really weird love at first sight, like, interaction. I'm completely here for it. I loved that scene so much. I thought it it was so weird. I thought it was so weird that if there was an ex explanation i would have accepted it but they never they explain everything else that's weird in this movie but they don't explain that well it's not it's it's weird in how they're those two people are because like santa when you see her right she's not the person who you'd think would be sappy right right but she like sees this guy and is immediately attracted to him yeah. and amelia clark is like what is going on over there because uh, i knew that this movie had some like strangeness coming yeah and so it's like there must be a like an equally strange thing with this romance because there's a i know that there's going to be a strange thing with this romance see again i'm i going into it fresh Mm -hmm. had no preconceptions and so this movie felt perfectly paced in that way where it just was like these two weirdos (laughs) really hit it off yeah but still retroactively don't do you do you did you accept it while you were in the moment that this was just oh like I didn't it, accept it. I was just like, I know I because you this if you just tell me that he's like a dead soldier or something because he it just seemed so like no no they they were just a couple of weirdos who like had a love at first sight moment and the movie took a moment to like show these two weirdos being weird but yeah. how they found each other I don't know Robin and I pleased as punch with this moment. Okay. Like doubly pleased as punch. We were just like, I want to watch an entire movie about these two people. Well, here, uh, describe my face right now. Uh, it's kind of cracked. <laughs> like it's a cracked smile. I'm like, I like it, but I'm not totally accepting what I'm looking at. I can see how, especially your INTG brain was TJ, looking at. TJ, INTJ. There's no G in those. TJ, whatever. You, you were looking at it and you're like, I must know what is going on. I must understand what's happening. It's just a couple weirdos falling in love. Yeah. Yeah. And so Amelia Quirk's like, what the fuck is happening yeah, she's here? Like, I gotta go. But she she doesn't, she's leaving the shop that night and she doesn't close the door. Mm, the, she doesn't lock it. Makes me so nervous Ugh. when these when these moments happen. She catches up with Henry Golding. What do they do that first night? Well, he just like meets up with her on the street and he's like, let me take you on a walk. And he takes oh. her on a really like romantic-y walk where it's just like he's pointing out all this stuff on her walk home he's that like, she never up. sees. You're missing all these awesome things. Yeah. He's very um, dream boy. Um, what's that called? Manic pixie dream boy about yeah. it. And he like dances around people and she's like, you're full of energy. He's like, I just like to dance around people. Yeah. And me knowing the spoil. Should we just tell what the, sp- what the well, spoiler yeah, go is? Ahead. So the spoiler is he's dead. Yeah. Because Kelly already kind of indicated that. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll explain his deadness later. Sure. And, and so, but not knowing that he just kind of seems like an eccentric. Yeah. And I was watching, I'm like, oh, because of metaphysics. 
because like he can't he can't walk through them right. in front of her. But he also doesn't have to worry about embarrassing himself with anybody else. Yeah. He has like that's part of what his freedom is as a character. Does he know he's dead? Yeah. He does. He does. He never really takes advantage of it. Not well, not in front of <laughs> Amelia Clark. I guess so. Because why like then that would give away the game, I guess. Yeah. I just have more I have more metaphysical questions after after the fact. Okay. That I'll 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 introduce to okay. the to the court later on. Um but I, again, Robin really liked him in this moment because it reminded her of how I yeah. am on dates. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um so so like like it was fun sitting next to my wife and her being like and then like snuggling up against me and he was like, that's you. <laughs> so, so that's how Sarah is when watching Tom Hanks yell at Meg Ryan and you've got mail. She's like, that's you. <laughs> You're yelling at him. Well, both are good. And she likes the banter. She likes, she likes banter. I like a banter too. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, banter is good. Banter, Michael. Banter. <laughs> George Michael. <laughs> There you go. So um, they have a lovely evening and it's, I don't think it's that romantic. No, it it kind of starts out as intriguing Mm -hmm. where it's like, like Henry Golding seems to be playing a long game of some kind. Right. And you're not sure what it is if you haven't read the reviews and had it spoiled for you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we also see her go to a, no, no, that's what she does. She races to an audition. Right. That's the first thing she does because yeah. she's fucking late. And that's yeah. why she didn't lock the door. Yeah, that's right. And they let her sing and it's not great. And and they, well, she has to do it without accompaniment, which is yeah. also really rough. Yeah. yeah. And then they make fun of her. And I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was so unrealistic, by the way. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I've only been a part of probably 30 something auditions, yeah. you know, from either side. And the the i i get it that these like are like london people and they have to be serious and stuff but they're so mean i know for no reason i don't know guys like maybe emma thompson has a different experience yeah because she has been acting since the early 80s so maybe this is like inspired by some real life experiences that happened to her because she's she's been she's done all sorts of stuff she did comedy troupe she did she did musical you know improv stuff she's done it all but these are like cartoonishly like mean people yeah yeah uh so then she sees henry golden he's like hey cheer up it's cool don't worry about it yeah and then later they go out again a couple more times Mm -hmm. and this is after she's like ripped a new one by santa yeah and like not the santa but michelle yo's santa (laughs) yeah michelle yo's santa (laughs) and yeah i really like that scene between the two of them because it's it's really sad like michelle yo is disappointed in the way a parent is disappointed yeah, because she tells Amelia Clark she's like you used to be a really good employee but after you got sick you kind of turned into a not helpful person at all yeah and she gives her one more chance yeah because the next morning she comes into work right. and there's a break-in and we're like wait there was a break-in why did, why they, did have they have to have break, to break in? in and because it was love, unlocked I love that it made me ask that question and as soon as I asked that question it had an answer for yeah, me because Michelle Yeoh's like I had to break into my own place to make it look like one because right. you left the door unlocked She's, she says something like you you made me break the law today uh, uh, and have oh, you ever have you been a key holder at one of your jobs yeah I've been a key holder a couple of times yeah I always get super nervous when I'm locking up like I, I get OCD about it I'm like you're locked. You're locked. I cannot get inside right now. Yeah, I, I, 
I think after like the 20th time I did it, it would just be like a rattle, 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 rattle. And yeah. it almost became a joke. Yeah. Where I was like, yeah, I know it's locked, but I have to do this. You're right. A little, like, a little, little OCD, a little you know, just, yeah. to, just to be sure. Um, and so she feels bad, but she, you know, Henry Golden's like, Hey, look up. It's going to be okay. Um, and she's like, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> and so he kind of is like, Hey, you know, what's wrong with seeing your family? You should go see your family. She's like, oh, I don't want to see my mom. And mom keeps calling. She's like, oh, I don't want to talk to her, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're kind of being mean. You should go talk to your family. Yeah. You know, and, and I think at that point in time when she, she says that he's, he's like, you know, you should go do something like good and go see your family. And then he's like, I'm off to go work at this homeless shelter. Yeah. And like Henry Golding's like motivation at this point in time is un- unknown, but his goal seems to be make Amelia Clark the best she can be. Yeah. He's just like kind of poking her. It's like, you're kind of being mean and selfish. You should just be a little bit better. This is why my first theory here was not Henry Golding is dead. It's Henry Golding is time traveling. Mm. Because I would have also accepted Angel. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of has that personality. He's got some clearance to him. Yeah, definitely. But the reason why I thought time traveler is because of last Christmas. Cause once I, uh, once I realized that George Michael was a centerpiece of this movie, I was like, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. I was like, what if the last, like, what if, <laughs> what if there's some time thing going on where last Christmas was actually the Christmas before they actually met. Uh huh. And then he time traveled somehow <laughs> to like turn her into the person that she needed to be when they met. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I would have been into that. That's kind of an about timey kind of way of doing right. it. It's kind of manipulative, but <laughs> still like I, I, I was, that's where my mind well, was. Well, that would have, if, if you followed through on that, she would have found out and she's like, you're kind of manipulative. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little. <laughs> well, no, he, he, at first he'd be like, well, I don't know what you mean. I am working on this time machine over here though. <laughs> yeah. So that's not what the, <laughs> that's not what happens. No. Uh, she does go home though. Yeah. She goes home and I love the reveal where she calls a cab and she's like, yeah, yeah. I need a cab to go home. And then she's like revealing all of her secrets to the cab driver and it feels very like um bridesmaids like right. it feels like something a bridesmaid scene would go and she's like thanks for the ride dad and he's like no problem it's like oh it's it's pretty dad. good yeah. and then she goes to the house and it's a duplex and on one side is a bunch of christmas lights and the other is nothing, nothing. and she's like wavering towards the christmas light house it's like ooh, what well, kind of she's she's a little drunk so it's played off as yeah like that she's like stumbling and you're wondering like what kind of mom is she is she the crazy christmas lady kind of mom or is she like the dour like no christmas lights and then she goes to the no christmas lights house yeah. and we find very 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 sad accent driven Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson playing Yugoslavian immigrant in London. London. I, I I mean, I thought the character felt really real. You know, a little cartoony, but like I also I know those moms. Yeah. You know, I've met um I've met quite a few of those moms. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. What we get is this is the family life, is that you've got Emma Thompson, they came from Yugoslavia, there was war. The Yugo-Serb-Croatian mm-hmm. war. I don't know history that well. We weren't really paying attention to international politics. I know yeah, behind what, enemy lines was dealing with it. How old were you in 1997? Um, 
No, it was 99 when this hell happened. Oh, was it 99, 99 2000? Okay. I was 11, so I wasn't watching CNN. Sure. <laughs> uh, I know behind enemy lines with Owen Wilson was dealing with these politics. He's like, geez, geez, General, <laughs> wow. I'm, I, I love your daughter. Wow. Wow. Um, there was, I, wow, look at this line. I'm going to go behind it. Wow. I was watching all this stuff happen with Ukraine, and some guy I follow is Croatian. He mm-hmm. was like, this reminds me a lot of what I went through when I was living in Croatia 20 years ago. Ah. And like, I I still don't quite know what the po- the conflict was for Yugoslavian people, mm-hmm. but they're in England right. since there was this international conflict um, and it's during Brexit mm-hmm. is what's going on. Yeah. And we get Emma Thompson is kind of a repressive mother to begin with. Right. But also she's Yugoslavian and is... And there's a lot of national, there's a lot of like nationalism going on, like anti-immigrant policy right yeah. now at, at, at right now and at that moment. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I wasn't I I've never lived in England, but no. I don't know what it was like to be in London during Brexit. Um, no, I don't. Either. And I don't know if it got this like go back to your own country, speak English kind of thing because it did. I've seen a lot of interviews. Yeah, and there's just. There are a lot of people who, much like the United States, were just like, get the F out of here yeah. kind of people. In London, they're like this? I mean, I mean, there I, I, there were some people. I, London is a huge place filled with a bunch of people, and yeah. it is an urban center. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you got, you got all types everywhere, especially in big cities. Yeah, so this movie is starting to portray these like social conscious stuff in this this latter half where it's like we get this yugoslavian like immigrant story with her mom right um and then we get this homeless stuff later on this this homeless center that she starts going out out to i feel like there's one other like thing the movie wanted to kind of like make a comment on but it's it's kind of trying to say there's a lot of ways that we can be nice right and be good towards one another yeah and there's and there's a lot of ways that we also can't be. Right, right. right. Yeah. And so that's the context she's coming home to. And I don't know. I, I feel like her mom's not that bad. Of all the movie moms, she's like really avoiding her. I was thinking it was something really traumatic, but it's just like, I don't know. She's just annoying. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, I I kind of, that's that's the thing that really drives people away sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not like the big dramatic thing that did it it's uh, i just can't stand to be around this person because they're draining yeah i i was just more expecting someone that was more insufferable like an emily gilmore to a lorelei gilmore and this didn't feel nearly as bad she just felt a little bit um what's the word well she's she's cloying or well yeah she's she's very depressed yeah and she only talks about you know one thing basically, which is like, you know, being sad about the war or being afraid of being sent somewhere else because people don't like her. And then, I don't know. She's just, she's kind of a little bit depressed and in the past and her and her husband also don't really get along very well. Yeah. They seem pretty separated. Yeah. Um, And so it just doesn't seem like a happy place to be. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, But it is stable. I mean, Almost uh, egregiously so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we see a room and it's George Michael posters all over. I'm like, good yeah. girl. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I like all the George Michael throughout the movie. And the next day she they go to their follow-up doctor's appointment and we still don't know quite what happened. No. Um, 
but the mom was involved a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And was taking care of her. So we, we get the sense that for a while she was sick and then she was recovering and her mom was the only person taking care of her, which I can understand would be overwhelming. And they have completely opposite like responses to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who has just gone to the doctors with a family member, this felt very real (laughs) where I was explaining a situation and another family member was like, no, it's not like that at all. No, no, no. They were the ones who were saying like, oh, it's just like this. And I'm like, that's not the truth. Tell the truth. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that felt very real to me. Yeah. This one's kind of played for laughs, but. Yeah. And so she kind of gets to a detente with family where, well, not really, because then we we have dinner with the sister and the dad and they have all this Yugoslavian swearing at each other. Yeah. And. (laughs) Yeah. Like a a nail in your dick or something. Uh, Oh, oh, the the third thing was the the sister being gay. Right. Has not told the parents yet. Yeah. Yeah. And Amelia Clark is like, blah, you're a lesbian kind of reveal. And dad's like, what? That does not compute. Yeah. And the dad, but the dad, if I feel like they missed an opportunity here where the dad should have been the one who knew the whole time and it should have been Emma Thompson that couldn't deal with it. The parents were like given this information. They're like, that doesn't make sense. That's her roommate. She can't be in love with her roommate. So we reject this, this fact that that just can't be. But it like Marta, her sister is being pretty toxic to her. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of pushes her to the point where she outs her to her parents. Yeah. And, Neither, neither is good. Yeah. Kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Amelia Kirk's like, I hate it here. I'm like, yeah. I can understand. Yeah. It's getting a little rough. Yeah. And so she goes and finds Henry Golding and is mad at him because he doesn't have a phone. He keeps his phone in a, in a box put, somewhere. Put it in a cabinet. I yeah. can't, I don't want to look at my phone. I got to look up, look up Amelia Clark. It's not looking up and they hang out and they have good times. And he's like, look around the park. These are these people's stories. And she's like, how do you know that? He's like, I just listened. Yeah. There's like, there's a bunch of people sitting around and it's like, they live here in this apartment complex. And Mm -hmm. so he knows all these people. As soon as they were all sitting on benches though, I'm like, these benches are dedicated to all of them. And that was like the moment where it clicked for me, where I was like, wait, were they all dead too? Yeah. Oh, because remember when it cuts back to that scene where she's sitting on the bench? Oh, they weren't there. They weren't there. Oh, f- um, See, I even knew it going <laughs> in. I didn't even catch that. That's cool. I mean, yeah. th- like, there's a lot of little details in this movie that I feel like, you know, it. it, it I, I don't think this movie talks down to you very much, but that's because I didn't know the secret. Right. Um, well, it'd be interesting what you feel after a rewatch. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like at that point in time, I was like, I think Henry Golding's a ghost <laughs> Yeah, because they're spending a lot of time on this bench and you know, they have a kiss Yeah, and <laughs> they have a, they have a kiss or they don't have a kiss, but she's like, Hey, I like you. Why don't you like me? Yeah. And he's like, there's something I can't explain to you. And mm-hmm. he doesn't come out and say it. I'm like, I was like, if, if you're just a normal dude, you're being a little, you're being cagey. Yeah. Uh, and, wait, did they, they had their kiss date before this did they go to his house his apartment his teeny little yeah they went to they go to the ice skating rink he breaks into the ice skating oh sure he Uh breaks her into that ice skating rink they have a nice time Uh and they talk on the bench and then intermingled with this is her not seeing him when she goes to the homeless center that he was volunteering at yeah and she was looking for him and she keeps running into him she's like have you seen henry golding they're like we don't know who that is he he works well they're like he works at the night shift oh 
Right. Yeah, they and, needed to say that because yeah. of reasons. Right. <laughs> so she's she starts hanging out at the homeless center, and she's like, ah, I'll hang out. I'll help yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. And so eventually she starts doing some singing in the town square to raise money for the hel- the homeless center. Yeah. And which is very nice for her. It's, it's, it's good for her heart. It's good for them. Mm-hmm. But then and Henry, homeless people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's this one guy who really likes her singing. Yeah. Um, and at first, I thought there was going to be a person that got. I really wish this was in the movie. If I could rewrite the movie, mm-hmm. you write your first draft with your heart, and you rewrite with your head. I wish that there was somebody who got mad at her for busking right there when that was their spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, also I just thought like, it would have been a funny scene. I also like the lady cops. They the were lady great. cops are very funny. They're great. Like this has this has tinklings of Richard Curtis in it mm-hmm. where there's mm-hmm. like a lot of eccentric characters around. But they, they still feel like, because Emma Thompson used to write like improv sketches mm-hmm. and it feels also similar to like sketch characters where they're recurring sketch characters, not mm-hmm. like real lived in people, but like... These these lady cops had types that yeah. they were kind of playing to. And yeah. it was like this good cop, bad cop kind of vibe to yeah. them. Yeah. Good good Bobby, bad Bobby. Yeah. Um and I do have to say, after thinking about your Henry Golding 007 mm-hmm. thing, I think as he is at the age he is now, he'd be a good 007. Yeah. I think give him twenty years and a little bit more gravitas through that experience. What about Henry Golding as the doctor? Uh yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. take that. Like, I'll I need, accept I need it. him to be able I need to get him. mad at He needs aliens. to grow his hair out. Like yeah, there he, needs to be something yeah, weird about him. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I feel like one skiing accident later we can get him there. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> if, if it happens, we didn't do it. <laughs> so they go on this great date and they end up at his place and he sits there and holds her while she is like like just saying how bad it is at home and how bad she's feels oh, and, and then, how bad she is feeling yeah. about herself. Then she explained what happened to her. She, her heart was bad. She needed a heart transplant. She got a new heart, but then she didn't feel like herself. Right. Which I thought that was really good writing. Cause right. I haven't thought about what that must be like to have someone else's heart in your body. Yeah. Th- you know, there's another movie like this with Matthew Perry and I think Penelope Cruz, I want to say. Where uh, she, whoever whoever Matthew Perry is falling in love with, or is it Matthew? It's David Duchovny, it's, and it's Minnie Driver, yeah. and it's Return to Me. And it's was, one of Sarah's favorite movies, and I told her the premise of this movie, and Sarah's like, mm, no, they already did that kind of, like, it's okay, not quite Return to Me. But, it's not quite Return to Me, but they're playing with the same, like, thematic What movie elements. was I thinking of? You're thinking of Matthew Perry and Selma Hayek in yes. Fool's Rush In, yes. which has nothing to do nothing with heart to do with it. But for some reason, I, I saw Matthew Perry in my brain yeah. as David Duchovny. That, Very different actors. That tracks. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track here. Yeah. And they have a kiss in bed, and he's like, I can't, I can't sleep with you. Mm-hmm. Like, she wants to, like, get busy. She wants to bone. But he's, he, like, tucks her in. And, it's, very, it's very nice. And they sing, and he's like, I can't sing. But then they start singing, and he can sing. What do they sing? Uh, George Michael. Which song? You can play it here. Let me tell you a secret. Put it in your heart and keep it. Something that I want you to know. Do Do something something for me. me. Listen Listen to my simple story. 
Maybe we'll have something to show. You tell me you're cold on the inside. How can the outside world be a place that your heart can't embrace? Be good to yourself, 'cause nobody else has the power to make you. Okay. Nice. I love that song. I love that. It's a great song. But their kiss, pretty good kiss. That's a good kiss. Yeah. Again, there's still like really electric romance is not here, but no. that's the point. Yeah. Like, and so there's something like kind of working against But there's this a connection movie. for some reason. There is a connection. It's yeah. more friendly and not friendly. It's more... It's something else. It's something yeah. that's not romantic. It's, well, no, it's it's not not romantic either. It's somewhere right. in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not knowing that, I guess it worked for you. But Well, because this whole time I had a question. Like, mm-hmm. like there is a reason Henry Golding is holding her at arm's length, and I don't know it. And yeah. so there's this tension here that's like, what I saw was Henry Golding really wants to kiss her. Yeah. He wants the best for her. And so I'm rooting for him. I don't know why though. Yeah. Like, cause she's a mess and Henry Golding is extremely charming. So I'm like, I know why she wants him, but I don't know why he wants her, but there's gotta be a reason. Yeah. So that, that was pulling me along. So the there's something time. very cosmic behind this connection they're having. Yeah. And so, but without, but without, if I, if I knew that he was dead the whole time, it probably would have ruined it a little bit for me. Yeah. And so, but that question that you had, which was compelling you and watching this movie yeah. is the question I had for Michelle Yeoh and the Dane. And I'm like, the there's got to be something more to this weird romance. And the movie's like, nope, that's it. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting two weird things because that would have felt strange. I just thought the whole movie was going to be weird. And okay. it kind of is. It is, yeah. It's it's so not conventional. <laughs> yeah, all across right. the board. You're right. It is. So I just thought all the relationships would just be kind of odd. And honestly, right after watching the Princess Switch, I watched this, mm-hmm. and having those two polar opposites was really refreshing because with the Princess Switch, I knew what I was getting into. It was just another Hallmark Netflix Christmas movie where. Yeah. There was a handsome prince and there was a thing that was going on and people fell in love with each other and it all worked out great. Yeah. And with this, it was so different that I was like, oh, that's nice. It is rather different. (laughs) So um, that's why I don't like I thought the critics were pretty unfair to this movie. I'm like, don't it's not trash. I don't think this is a great film. Right. But I also enjoyed myself. Yeah. There's truly nothing like it. <laughs> Ryan says, looking down, unsure of himself. Um, uh, oh yeah, we'll we'll get into it. Okay. Um, so she spends the next day doing more stuff for the homeless, and they put like together this like talent show, and like all the homeless people are like, "Oh, we can do all these things. We're gonna do this big fundraiser for herself." Like, right. grand. That's very nice. And then um, she goes to find. I think at this point she goes to find. Her, yeah, she, her dude, right? Yeah, and she Mr. goes Golding. She goes to his place, and there's a real estate engineer. He's like, oh, good, you're here. I have to show this to a mm-hmm. bunch of people. She's like, huh, where's my boyfriend? And he's like, your boyfriend's dead. <laughs> well, no, he's like, I know what he lives here. At one point, he's he says, like, she surmises, I like, I like when we see people... Tr- figure things out and think they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I like hearing people say those things out loud. Yeah. She's like, he oh, was squatting. squatting. That's it. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, 
Probably not, but like, could I imagine Henry Golding squatting? <laughs> yeah. Like he's working at this homeless shelter. I'm like, is he just like one step like removed from this homeless shelter? Cause he knows right. how to squat in right, these weird places. Right, right. Like that would have been an eccentric, funny thing. Yeah. But no, he's like, no, the previous tenant died last Christmas. He died. Yeah. And we see flashbacks and we see that he was riding his bicycle and he's on his bicycle all the time. And right. also, uh, if you haven't picked it up already, he's been wearing the same outfit this whole movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> same sweater, same pants. Same... Honestly, I didn't. Oh, you didn't notice? No, I usually notice stuff like that and just went right over my head. Yeah. So he was wearing his outfit when he died. He just had this big coat on and I was just like, oh, that's his coat that yeah, he wears. Yeah, it's pretty close. He's a Charlie Brown. Um, so we suddenly got hit by a bike and we saw at the exact same time she was going in for heart surgery and it was like organ donor right and it's henry golding and so and she know she can see this stuff because like some cosmic thing has happened where she got his heart and like a piece of his soul basically yeah. is following her around yeah and so i didn't get that spoiler the only spoiler i got was that he was dead mm. and so the sp- the reviews didn't say that she got his heart okay and so i was watching this i'm like oh last christmas, christmas I, I gave you my, my heart, heart. Which is so much more like Edgar Allan Poe of a reading than... It is. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I like that, though, because it's so unexpected. Yeah. Like, if I would have gotten the straight up and down, last Christmas I gave you my heart, you tore it apart, this year I'm going to yeah. make someone special. It's like, okay, yeah, I've seen that movie in every Hallmark movie. I, I know, but you don't have to do it Hallmark style. You could do it Tom Hanks make Ryan style. You could have you could have made that work. You I know, but I know the story. story at that point. I know. And so this she literally has his, his heart. heart. Right. And uh, they, they have a final conversation where he's like, Hey, you know, I I, I don't know. He's he's like, there's something about it where he he like loves her. Like his ghost loves her. Yeah, because he's a part of her. Yeah. And so she has a part of him inside of her. And so he has a vest. That really changes the song Inside of You. Inside of You. <laughs> oh, it's like an Osmosis Jones situation. <laughs> so his spirit has been talking to her and, can, and trying to get her life on track and try to be a better person. And yeah. that's what having a good heart means. Yeah. And so the when metaphor's I, there. And so when I got to this point in the movie, I'm like, fuck, I can't make fun of you now. That's such a nice thing for you to do. Like, that's such a it's, good sentiment to go after. It's such a great British thing, too, because like it's all it's all around Christmas, right? Yeah. And like if you watch any British show ever, their Christmas episodes are just filled with light and love. Oh, yeah. Every Doctor Who special, that's the whole thing. Every Doctor Who special. If you go watch Ted Lasso, they're like given p- p- concerts in the middle of streets. Yeah. And it's like, it's like Ted Lasso can sing and so can the <laughs> boss. And they're all like doing this thing that doesn't feel like it fits in reality, but it doesn't matter because it's Christmas and fun. And at the end of this movie, it's like, we're going to do this amazing talent show at this homeless shelter because yeah. it's Christmas and, and it's fun Mariah and it's good. Carey. Just kidding. Could no. you imagine if they tried to get her on there? Oh. I, the Christmas witch Mariah Carey <laughs> who brings in the season <laughs> yeah so I, I I like got that to the point of that story I'm like I'm not I can't be against this movie at this point because that's such a good thing it to won be you over s- yeah in just the sense of like I'm not gonna yuck someone's yum like if someone's gonna <laughs> sure. enjoy this story 
Makes total sense. That's sure. a really nice thing that they just said there. Yeah. And, you know, like, it, there's something so, you're right. And in the niceness, there's something so pure about everybody wanting a better life for each other, especially when you care about somebody's heart. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the mom. It's the same thing with Michelle Yeoh. It's the same thing with the family at the end in being accepting of Marta. Yeah. Lesbian pudding or lesbian <laughs> cake. It's, yeah. You know, it just, it has a good message that isn't told in the most cloying way possible. Yeah. So I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I neutral it. Like, I don't like it. I don't quite dislike it because they won me over in the end only, only slightly. Mm. Um, but my principal problems with I, I think it's more that there's little leaks that sink the ship for me overall do you think your ship would be floating a little bit higher in the ocean if you hadn't known he was dead no no Not that's that's fine it's actually the side stuff that bug me the most about this movie see i i wonder if you'd be as paying attention as much to those things if you were a little bit more interested in the intrigue um i mean this is, this is a hypothetical that doesn't matter i don't really. know uh, I don't know, uh, but like a lot of the subplots of the movie, because the whole the whole thing in the end is Henry Golding's wanted her to be a better person, mm-hmm. and so she volunteers at the homeless center. Uh, she makes nice with her sister, uh, and she makes nice with her parents, mm-hmm. and she and like Michelle Yeoh. she like she gets Michelle yeah, Yeoh. And yeah, the guy she's together. good with Michelle yeah. Yeoh, and she comforts other immigrants that are being yelled at by random people during Brexit. It was it was a little. That that scene was a little ham-fisted. It felt really ham-fisted because there's a scene where Emma Thompson is watching the news and you had angry people on television screaming about immigrants on Brexit. And Mila Clark's like, Mom, don't worry. They want you here. And it that was the whole point of the scene. And it just felt like this movie's like, we see you. We're being nice to immigrants. I'm like, this doesn't feel like storytelling. This feels like people trying to like it feels like a PSA almost. It just didn't feel motivated from a storytelling perspective. Ah, uh, what's the story they're What's the story they're telling other than don't be mean to immigrants? Well, I mean, that's, that's the world that that's just the world that they're living in. Yeah, I guess so. But there, there's, they don't really do anything about it. They're just are like, they're like, there's nothing to be overcome. There's no, there's no story to be told. It's just, this is the context. I, I think it's just a little, I think it's a little bit more of this, this, this feels very British in this way where it's more of the world you're living in, less of the problem to solve where it's like the best way to solve the problems of the world that we're living in is to make it better in small ways. Yeah. And I think they could have told that in a, especially I think Emma Thompson could have told it in a little bit more of a graceful way, but I actually liked that scene that you were talking about where they're watching the news because it felt like a, it felt like, you know, I could see the exact opposite conversation happening where like you had a, a dad or somebody who's like, ah, all the immigrants are coming to take our jobs. Mm -hmm. And like the, the kid being like, no, they're not dad. Yeah. You know? And it's like, yes, like I can see it's cause in that scene, I could see Emma Thompson's worry being like at the top of her mind and clouding out the fact that, okay, yeah, there are like a vocal 
kind of people that don't want you here. Yeah. But also that's not everyone. Right. Right. But she, but she is worried that it's everyone or most people. Well, what's, what bothers me the most about this movie is Emma Thompson playing that character. Mm. Cause it feels very disingenuous for her to be telling an immigrant story. And it felt really false because she played it as a kind of a comic character for a lot of scenes. And then she wanted me to like really be sympathetic to like the immigrant experience in England. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't think that should be you playing that character then. Yeah. I don't mind her telling the story, but you I, can write I, it, but I, I, do I think th- you need someone more, uh, lived an experience to bring that to the table. Yeah. Again, I don't think she did a bad job, but I'm not against what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing about like the, the, the homeless stuff and the lesbian sister stuff just felt kind of like easy targets of like, don't be homophobic and be nice to homeless people. It just felt, it felt kind of trite to me. It Mm. just, it didn't feel nuanced and it didn't feel like there was anything to say here, it just felt like really easy targets for them to go to of like, you should be nice to homeless people. And like, I know, like it just felt like oversimplified to me. I think as a Christmas movie though, and to the broader audience it's talking to, mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily talking to us super much. What do you mean? It, it seems like it's trying to get people's butts in theaters who might have their minds changed a little bit like that. And in that way it is kind of a PSA. It feels cheap. Here's here's I guess here's how I feel about it. Even if it does feel cheap, it didn't ruin the experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all good messages. Yeah, but it felt it felt like they were not so interested in telling a compelling story. They were more saying like you need to do this at Christmas. Like I felt I was being a little lectured to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like. It's not like the movie saying, well, you're all racist, homophobic idiots who yell at immigrants and you should stop doing it. No, but it's it more like the world is, you know, terrible. And here's a few ways that you can turn it around. I'm like, OK, that, that's not really a story. I felt a little just a little bit well, like it had, it had other story elements. Those were just yeah. like parts of it. Yeah. I don't I don't like being lectured. Okay. And it's and it's it didn't it didn't have a Dickensian moralizing attitude about it Mm -mm. but just a little bit that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way i get it i get it um i mean i i I also feel the same way about like a movie that i really like is um uh what was the movie that sarah showed us about all of the filmmakers who make like the uh, their finest their finest oh that movie is flawless so see you (laughs) that's the thing (laughs) that there are I like that movie a lot and I like what it's saying Mm -hmm. and it's talking about like women in, in film and how like it's hard for them to like, you know, get up and listened to in this job. But there are like moments in that movie Mm -hmm. where like uh, one woman's talking to another and it's like, the men are going to keep us down, but we're not going to let them keep us down. And it's like, you could you could still get that sentiment across in a way that didn't feel like this filmmaker turning to you and breaking the fourth wall and saying, women had it hard. Yeah. X, Y, Z. And yeah. of course they did. This isn't, I'm not arguing against the fact that they did. Yeah. I'm just saying the way it's said, it, when it feels like it's being like lowered down so that you can understand it. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like that's what you're, yeah. you're feeling it here. Just it's comes- not- it's not that like those elements weren't allowed. It was much more so that like it was told a little bit like 
condescendingly. It's a weird thing. You got to go for it indirectly, not directly. Yeah. Don't show us what you should be doing. Like, it, I feel it, in a certain way, it's like, be like Amelia Clark, do these things. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it. it's, um, I, I heard a, I can't, I can't, I don't want to butcher it, but it was basically about teaching and how mm-hmm. like the best way to teach is to teach through story, right? Yeah. But if you're going to teach through story, people almost can't, can't catch you. Yes. Teaching. That's a great way of putting it because it, like, yeah. think about it's a wonderful life. We see... We see a character who strives to be virtuous and we see all the shit that he has to put up with his whole life Mm -hmm. and we see him like crack and then we see like this town rally around him Mm -hmm. because he's strived to be virtuous. It wasn't like it was saying because of these three things that he did. It's like, no, it's just this character that he embodied Mm -hmm. and that's the indirect attitude that was getting at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, and there, what do you think now, in retrospect, now that you understand it, this relationship that Henry Golding has with her, it's her, it's her, it's not quite romantic, but it's a little romantic. So what are you leaving the theater feeling? I'm kind of leaving the theater feeling like, like something went off for Amelia Clark, right? Mm-hmm. And what it was is she, like she was being haunted. Yeah. In, in essence. And she didn't know what she was being haunted with. Yeah. And once she is able to like confront that, the it's, it's more like she's fallen back in love with herself mm-hmm. and she's able to accept who she is. Mm-hmm. And so it's much less a romance at that point. But it's like it's like when people tell you, like after a breakup, you have to treat yourself. Yeah. And you have to yeah. like refine who you are. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I walked away feeling. It was strange for me, and this is more just kind of like, I don't think you meant to have this happen, but this is kind of how what happened to you is that it feels a little bit like it's framed as a love story. Mm-hmm. It's not quite a love story. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a love story, mm-hmm. but it's also a character growth movie where mm-hmm. character has a, a, a massive transformation from beginning to, oh, to yeah. end. So that's, that's really good. Yeah. But- my brain wasn't experiencing a movie of that. I think also like I walked into this expecting a rom-com, right? Yeah. And not knowing he was dead. Yeah. Like I kind of was fed that long enough and the transition took long enough for me to kind of like, be like, is this a love story? Is this a love story? Is it, is it, it, no, it's not (laughs) a love story. So that transition was really painless for me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if I went into this expecting like a tried and true rom-com, yeah. I think I'd be disappointed. Well, I was, that's what I kind of was hoping for is like, okay, maybe it's a weird cosmic love story and there's something odd about their love. The way that yeah. we wanted to Jillian on her 37th birthday to right, do. Right, 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 right. And so it doesn't quite hit the notes of like epic character transformation the way that Cars does. Because I've seen Cars 72 times now. Thank you, Theo. My lord, but that movie has won me over through uh, torture. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you have you have a little bit of like Stockholm syndrome, yeah, right yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. But but you know when I watch cars, every time like no, he doesn't even win the race. He has to go and get the guy and help him cross the finish line because Chick Hicks killed the other guy. But he's like, no, you're finishing this race. And, killed the other. Well, guy. he didn't kill him, but Chick oh, okay. rams the king, and the king like gets all crash and he 
Owen Wilson's like, ah, I can't win. And he goes and gets the other guy. And I'm like, look at that character growth. So I th- <laughs> cars in 30 <laughs> seconds, ladies and gentlemen. But I think you go to those movies where you see a character go from point A uh-huh. dramatically to point B. Mm-hmm. You feel changed yourself when yeah. you're leaving. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel changed myself leaving this. I felt a little just confused, but I don't think that's Emma Thompson's fault. I think they have something really unique. So yeah, I felt I felt a little bit changed. Uh, I think more <laughs> so though because I have I have never been Amelia Clark level of mess. Yeah, but I think I have been in like bad relationship places before, and then you know found a way out of that and had like a trans like a golden time where it was like ah i see the light again yeah you know so in in so far as that happened i was like yeah i get that yeah so for me two and a half stars that's what you gave uh princess switch yeah i mean it's just like princess switch is so oh, no no sorry that's not what you gave princess switch or something else that's what you gave 10 things i hate about you yeah no, i'm sorry not 10 things how to lose a guy in 10, 10 days. days yeah shoot uh, i know exactly sorry, guys. what you're talking about um but yeah it's uh successful in other ways that how to lose a guy wasn't successful and vice versa. Yeah, I get you. Um, I think I'm giving this a three mm-hmm. because I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, a three, uh, this is out of five. Yeah. I'm giving this three and a half. Oh, okay. I, I really did enjoy the acting. I enjoyed the uniqueness of Michelle Yeoh and her weird guy. Mm-hmm. I liked Henry Golding. I want to see more of him. Mm-hmm. I, I think from from what I've heard from people, Crazy Rich Asians is basically like a Hallmark movie on extra gasoline. Oh, um, yeah. Like yeah. premium gasoline, like the highest budget Hallmark movie you can come up with. Right. And so I, I want to see this man who <laughs> seems like a pretty boy who is charming, but seems to have acting chops. Yeah. I want to see him challenged. And so this movie gave me like one more step towards that. Yeah. And so I, I want to, I want to see more of that. So, yeah. so last question regarding last Emil- Christmas, uh, um, re- regarding Amelia Clark, yeah. you've, you've watched all of her game of Thrones performances, her I, most famous role. I've seen her ride dragons. Yep. You've seen everything. I've seen uh, everything. You, you've seen everything. <laughs> thank, uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Pat, Sir Patrick Stewart. I've seen everything. I thought everything she did in game of Thrones is nuanced and subtle and full of like, gravitas and just mm-hmm. one of the best dramatic performances I've ever I've ever seen. Very different characters here. Yeah. This is a comedy. She's playing a comic character. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I still feel like it's and I think it's Paul Feig's fault. Like mm-hmm. it's a little over the top for me. It was mm-hmm. like really big performance. Yeah, I I think honestly that is more in the directing. Mm-hmm. I I don't really think her performance was that big, but I do think the way he shot specific scenes felt pretty big. Yeah. Like, especially at the end when she's doing the like last Christmas or not the last Christmas thing, but whatever she sings there. Yeah. It just, it really in the big moments with Amelia Clark, it really wanted you to feel the emotion. Mm -hmm. Like whether it was like a big, happy emotion or I'm depressed emotion. Right. You're right. There wasn't a lot of subtlety in the filmmaking. And I think since she's the central character, and she's played against a guy who is being subtle on purpose about everything. Yeah, there was so much subtlety to Golding's performance. Well, I, I, well, I think that is simply because he looks more subtle compared to what she's doing, and she looks like she's way bigger compared to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a little bit of a mismatch in directing. Yeah, 
you yeah. know, where they they almost feel like they're of two different worlds, which they are technically. <laughs> He's of the underworld, and that's the other thing. I don't. I love Paul Feig. He directed Freaks and Geeks episodes. He did Bridesmaids. Um, I still don't think he's the right director for this project. No, I don't either. I don't know why. I don't know who was in charge. I think of, Emma Thompson produced it too. I think. I think. I mean. I think he's a big director at this point, right? Bridesmaids yeah, is two thousand. Yeah. yeah, he had done Bridesmaids. Yeah. He done Spy. He's he's done like big comedies. I, I would have wanted somebody like. Okay, I'm not going to throw Richard Curtis in there, but I would have wanted somebody, honestly, somebody who would have been great is like a freaking Andy Kaufman would have made this movie really weird. Or <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Sorry. Like who directed. Um, or like Michelle Gondry. Yeah. Or, yeah, oh yeah. man, a Spike Jones. A Spike Jones version. That there it is. Spike been. Jones would have been perfect. I also think like. Random indie director you haven't heard of, but uh, made a splash at Sundance with their one film pre- previous to this, and like exactly. this is their big break. Exactly, to, like, make a big studio movie. Go do here's some money. Go yeah, do something. Someone with like a weird like approach of like, oh, I know what to do with this. I mean these these are a lot. <laughs> that 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 young person making this movie would have to contend with Michelle Yeoh and Amelia Clark in one film, and yeah. Emma Thompson. Bring it, it on. It would have been a challenge, but yeah, they could handle. Those it. are three powerful women. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's last Christmas. We're going to take a little break, come back with Trope Talk. Trope Talk. And we're back with Trope Talk. It's like Swayze Talk because ghosts are back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And he is a beautiful ghost, if I may say so myself. All of the ghosts are pretty beautiful that we've been getting to know in this. I mean, oh, yeah. What are they doing in a rom com if they're an ugly ghost? They gotta be. I mean, they're. I know there is a subgenre of romance novels, the supernatural sexy romance. Sure. He's a ghost and. You know, what we do in the bedroom is not to be televised. I want that one person whose kink is ugly ghost. <laughs> and they're like just going to write. I like them. Can you, can I you like just fat? Can you, <laughs> how can, fat? Make them fat. fat. As fat as fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> make them, make them. I, I want them to be, you know, like ghostly, you know, like chains <laughs> and like buggy eyes. Come on. Marley was dead to begin with. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> Well, what are we talking about today, Ryan? We're talking about the mysterious supernatural character. Or in, the, or just the mysterious stranger. The mysterious stranger. Yeah. Um, they tend to be supernatural if it's mm-hmm. never outlined for us. Yeah. Other Christmas rom-coms that have this is Love Actually with Rowan Atkinson. Who is he? How is does he, he an angel? How does he know? Is he God? Is he the devil? Because, because in it, he seems to be, for no other reason than the comedy of our... Ch- chuckle buckets mm-hmm. to be like <laughs> welcome to chuckle buckets <laughs> what's the uh, like he, he basically just stalls for time so that alan rickman almost gets caught yeah or right? he helps sam get the girl at the airport right and he how is he connected to these two people why is he just doing good mm-hmm. who knows yeah um princess switch princess switch you have that weird guy we that's that even christmas l- demon that we, yeah, we talked that's about that's even week. less explained for some reason mm-hmm. don't really know what's going on there but is motivating the entire plot mm-hmm. and then disappear is he in the end during the wedding 
He should be. He should be invited. (laughs) They should bring him up and toast him. He's the one that got him together. He like transmogrifies into one of the guys. You owe me your first child. Um, this is, these characters either are indirect and they, they obstruct things right. to make things happen, mm-hmm. or they are direct and they just start talking to character to make them be better people. Yeah. How much can they influence the world? So you got Clarence and It's Wonderful Life. Yep. You have, um, you have Touched by an Angel with, oh, yeah. um. These are, these are angels. You know, mm-hmm. we have Highway to Heaven with, um, Michael Landon. <laughs> but. We also have like um, the Doctor. There are episodes of the Doctor where he's not the main character. Like in oh um, yeah, and it's like he shows up. Yeah, in Blink, it, the the story is all about somebody else, but their their life is being pushed and pulled by this unseen force that is represented by this person. Mm-hmm. Oh oh, um, Mark Ruffalo and. Her in that movie, it's in San Francisco, and she's a ghost. Uh, yeah, what's that one called? That was That's my not first mis- date that, night. That, I don't think that works though, because we know exactly what's going on the whole time. Yeah, but still, it's a supernatural thing. It's cool. It, no, it, it doesn't. Tracks. It does not belong here. Wait, what's that movie called? Just like heaven. Just like heaven. Um, but but like most good movies, characters influence one another, and she has an influence on him, and she kind of helps him kind of move on with his life. Yes, so, like most movies. Like, I win trope talk. Like most movies, right? <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing about today's movie is that he influences her, but there's kind of a mandate because he's like, please take care of my heart. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, like, hmm. I, I kind of wanted a little bit of inside baseball about this movie as to why he kept disappearing. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even like talk about that. The metaphysics of like what's actually going on is like, does he, is there like a hierarchy of like ghostliness? Does he get to pick and choose when he shows up? Does, was there an unfinished business thing? Is he omniscient? Is he omnipresent? Is he Uh, omnipotent? uh, Is Is, is he any of the omnis? Is he omni man? Does he have from invincible? Yeah. Does he have a certain number of passes to be on earth? And like, he's got his last pass and yeah, like I, the thing I liked about the end of this movie is that a little bit of that was mysterious. Like what are his motivations? He wants, I'm not sure, but he wants her to be a good person and maybe that's all we need. I mean, I would care if someone had my heart, I wouldn't want it to go to some person who just waste it. Exactly. That being said though, like I would have also liked him being on a time frame. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. But it's like, how do you bake that into this world where it's just like, who's making these rules? Totally. Like, why, if if you can send people back from the dead to help their their person out, why do you have a 10-day limit? (laughs) Right. Oh, oh God above who is constructing this. They figured it out for It's a Wonderful Life where it's like, all right, Clarence, bringing you into the big leagues. Like, this is the big time. (laughs) I like how (laughs) heaven in It's a Wonderful Life is corporate management. (laughs) Yeah. All right. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a real angel, you gotta get promoted. You gotta really you gotta really work hard. Where are your numbers? You don't even got wings, Clarence. Like, why are we sending you on this assignment? How is he flying up in space? (laughs) Yeah. So with this movie, yeah, we have we have not Clarence. We have Henry Golding, Uh and he just wants her to be a better person, and that's that's nice. But speaking of the like trope, mysterious stranger, I, I do feel like it really enhanced my 
viewing of this movie, not knowing you wanted to know more. You wanted yeah. you wanted to find out that that motivation being kept secret is is something that like I don't know. There's something tricky about it. There's something where there's something Amelie about it. It's like Amelie is about the mysterious stranger. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah nobody yeah, yeah. nobody knows Who their lives he? are getting better because of yeah, Amelie. Yeah, right. And so Henry Golding is is that character. We just don't get to know what's going on over so there, which thinking, adds a different level. Is he? Is he? Were you like giving all kind of opportunities there, or was it just like he's probably dead? So what kind of deadness is he bringing? I think, I, like I said before, I was like time traveler. <laughs> like I, at, at first, I thought maybe he was like a relation of hers before they got actually remember because like the first couple of interactions they have he's intriguing but it's not romantic right so i thought maybe maybe he's a relative and she starts because i thought how interesting would this be like he is her great 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 grandson that would have been weird (laughs) but he's he's time traveling for some reason yeah like he's going back and visiting all of his past people yeah and so and she's just a stop but then like she starts falling in love with him and it's at that point that he has to come out and be like we're related (laughs) this is my first time doing this (laughs) but but that can't happen some back to the future stuff that's what was going through my head like i was rolling through the rolodex of cosmic possibilities between michelle yo and the dane i was like maybe she was married to someone and he died and like his soul went into someone else because with what happens to Henry Golding, it does feel like anything's on the table, and like there must be something cosmic happening be- between them. Ugh, I so, mean, I don't there's know. no way I could have believed. Like, it would have. You con- wouldn't be able to believe that. You believe no, no. dead guy? No, no, no. I can, I can believe mm-hmm. those things happening. But if it's just like, well, over here we have this story and this story <laughs> happening right next yeah. to each other, like. I couldn't buy Maybe that. Maybe he got some guy's spleen and the spleen belonged to her old husband. And that's why they're acting so So weird. anybody who falls in love, it's just because they were organ donors. Yeah. Or they, were, they were doned organs. Yeah. <laughs> and it was last Valentine's Day with them. Oh, yeah. You know? That's the, I don't know. the sequel. What can I say? So that's, that's trope. That's trope. That's trope. You know what else is a trope? Us <laughs> going to the Patreon because we do it every time. Yeah. Which... Um, you can't even, you can go there. (laughs) No one's there. (laughs) There, people are there, but we're not really taking your money anymore. (laughs) No. I mean, if you want to sign up the last, the last date at which to sign up is probably the first of January. Yeah. And so you sign up, pay for a month and then you don't have to pay for like the rest of the year Yeah, because it's just going to be on pause. So we are, we are taking a pause. The show is taking a pause because we are working on a motion picture. We're getting pause because we're becoming bears. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You didn't know that? Where'd you turn that phrase from? (laughs) I signed us up down the road. There's a guy on the corner giving them away. I love it. Um, so we're, we're going to, they're going to, they're going to, their spirits are going to live with us because we're going to have these bear paws That's right. from these dead bears. We're going to fall in love, right? Boy, I don't know where you're going with this bit, but you are going there. <laughs> Falling in love with bears. That's where I'm going. Uh, so we're, we're taking a little break. The, the show will come back, but we're regularly scheduled episodes. will be taking a little hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there will be, there will be a couple of episodes popping up here and there, yeah. like for Valentine's mm-hmm. day, of course. Yeah. But. So, uh, bonus content, go, go forth and find it on the Patreon. Yeah. We just released the Gilmore girls, a season five episode. Mm-hmm. There are like 
20 four more of those Gilmore Girls there's four episodes. more of those episodes there's about 20 bonus episodes on there so if you're itching for content it's the dead of winter yet just feel like giving us mm-hmm. a Christmas present that would be fantastic that would be great All, plus we write a bunch of articles and stuff on there mm-hmm. um, you can find that at patreon.com slash romcom gents yeah Kelly it's a it's a special week why here. is it so special Ryan because we got a letter <laughs> read me that letter hey Flo huh Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. Okay, it's kind of long, but I think we can edit through it. Okay. This is from very, 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 very good friend. Maybe best friend of the show, Rachel Perel Foskett. And... She is writing about a little uh, shop around the corner, mm-hmm. um, and this was her letter. I've never seen shop around the corner. I know you both had mentioned it before, but I sort of wrote it off, and then I had to turn off your podcast and find it last night. It's streaming on HBO, and it was just as magical. It was just as magical jewel box of a film. And then I had this really emotional journey because after watching the film, I immediately went in search of more Jimmy Stewart rom-coms. He was just so perfect and lovely and well, I have to be honest, I was Twitterpated by his performance in this film. I wanted more. So say we all, Rachel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you don't get a lot more of Jimmy Stewart leading romantic comedy roles. And I looked up why and remembered he went to war. And he came back, and he just didn't think he had it in him anymore. Mm. We barely got It's a Wonderful Life out of Sweet James Stewart, and I'm crying again as I write this because it made me think, had humanity not been so horrible and horrific, how many more love stories might we have had with Jimmy? Mm -hmm. Um, And then she says, as I watch our current state of the world, I know it's a bit silly, but my mind goes to these thoughts. How many more artists, how many more stories could we be enjoying if we had more love for each other? And... um, you know, she goes on for for a bit, um, and I I just uh, it kind of reminds me of this movie trying to tell us to yeah. be more loving to each other. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I shop around the corner. Like, if you're sick of watching It's a Wonderful Life every year, throw on Shop Around the Corner. It's just as good a Christmas movie to to have on. You know, the fires roasting, and you want to watch some sweet Jimmy Stewart. Throw on shop around the corner. Yeah. And be good to each other out there. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's sometimes a little harder to go out of your way to be kind or compassionate or, you know, any of those, those things that we always like hold dear during the season, but you know, it's always worthwhile to you. It's worthwhile to the person that you're helping Just mm-hmm. go forth and help. Yeah. And I think, I think that shows that classical filmmaking of, again, what we were talking about with Jimmy Stewart is that virtuous character that he was pursuing. And it's almost more interesting in shop around the corner because he's, he's navigating this romance with this woman that he has problems with, but wants to figure it out with too. Mm-hmm. And he's pursuing the, he's doing his best. He's trying yeah, he's his not, best. It's definitely not perfect. He's not perfect. No. He's really flawed, but we see a flawed character trying to, do the right thing with this this woman. Yeah. You know, I like that there's there's a character turn that Amelia Clark has in this movie where it's like she's, you know, a mess, but she ends up doing really good things and basically her whole life turns around. Yeah. And that's great and all. Yeah. But I like I like a character who we can see being a 
have some goodness in them to begin with that just needs a spark. Yeah. And it's not that she doesn't have that. It's just that in this movie, they don't take a lot of time to show that at the beginning. Right. Which is Paul Feig in a nutshell. Yeah. That's totally what Bridesmaids does too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, but I like seeing that. I like seeing a character who is conflicted morally. Yeah. Yeah. You and, know, and not to kick a dead horse, but I feel like the last half of this movie feels like, Amelia Clark and her side quests. And like, it's like, here's a good thing I can do. Here's a good thing I can she's do. Just, here's a good thing I can she's do. She's just grinding to level up. Yeah. And I, that's kind of boring to me. I'd much rather see her deal with something that she's been dealing with the whole time and go about it much more virtuously. Much like Tom Hanks and You've Got Mail, where he's not a bad guy, but there's some shady things that, you know, his company does and there's unintended consequences. But and he kind of is, you know, really mean to Meg Ryan, but eventually he figures out to navigate a romance with her and would you, becomes a better person about it. Would you accept of You've Got Mail, which we think is a pretty perfect movie, mm-hmm. would you accept him changing something about his life towards the end? Like how he he does business, for instance. Cause I bet that was on that was on the writing room floor at a certain point in time. Yeah, but it's just like it would have been. They went with the much more potent choice of Which is, keeping that focused on the romance and the it relationship is, that it is he's the more, dealing with. It is the more emotionally like th- tethered through line. Yeah. Right. That being said, though, there are all of these people that do watch that movie and say Tom Hanks is a bad guy, and it's yeah. like. And I understand where they're coming from. And, but then at the same time, would I have thought that his character was as realistic if he had like sold stock in his company (laughs) to like go open a new publishing company? Actually, if he wanted to open a publishing company, but it was one that published like cool books, I might've accepted that, but it feels like a sequel rather than right. what would have happened in that story. Well, I think they give us character traits early on in the movie where they're right. like, he's good with kids right. and yeah. he's nice to these kids. And they should have done that for this movie where they're like, she's she volunteers at a homeless center. It's like, that's a character trait. That's not the thing that pushes you over the edge of proving yeah. your virtue. What if what if she did that and her, her mom was like, you shouldn't be helping out like random strangers off the street. You should be helping out your community or like, you like, should be helping me. You yeah. should stop ignoring your family. Exactly. Like, you know, help. Ooh, we just rewrote the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that might've been a little bit more potent. And yeah. then we would have, we would have, when she chose to make strong choices at the end, we would have been like, okay, you know, you, you are a character that has a lot going on and you chose the most right, I guess, righteous path or, yeah. you know, whatever path you chose. But I think it's easy to be, it's easy to be kind to strangers and it's a lot harder to be kind to your family. Yeah. And I think That's that would have been true. an interesting struggle to see her because she kind of just gets along with her family at yeah. the end of the movie. Well, I mean, yeah. If, if you already get along with your family, it's probably not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> maybe I'm a little jaded. I'm like, no one's that. <laughs> that happy <laughs> all all unhappy families are alike or whatever the, the quote is from Tolstoy you know what I'm talking about is that from brothers from, and, is it from and the sisters idiot? Is and <laughs> Karamazov yeah which one fuckers. is it <laughs> those Karamazov cousins what are you going to do with them anyways <laughs> thanks for the letter Rachel yeah thank you Rachel <laughs> really thanks, for, thanks for letting us play the theme yeah 
I think you had a question to ask me, right? Yeah, let's, uh, can we give out some Golden Sword Awards? I would love to. She. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. Oh, I know mine. Easy. Go ahead. All the George Michael. Just all of the all of it. You're not going to give it the best soundtrack later on? No, no, okay. no. Just all the George Michael. George Michael deserves Just your sword. George Michael DNA that's been imprinted on this film. I love it. Honestly, this is kind of crazy, but I want to give this. I don't think the moment is the perfect kiss moment, but when he leans down and kisses her in bed. Mm-hmm. I actually think that was just the perfectly executed movie kiss. Mm-hmm. So like, technically, like equipment-wise, <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, and yeah. I, I I do think that like they the way they kissed each other was not only perfect for the moment, but it just had like that right amount of like tongue and lips and duration where it's just like, this is the perfect time for a movie. I can imagine Robin's watching this with you and she's like, are you paying attention? (laughs) No, my wife doesn't need to do that. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, it was good. So I'm giving my golden sword to the kiss. They're holding it between their, their lips. The kiss. It's a tiny little sword. You can barely see it. Okay. Well, would you Ryan R. Graves? Give this film, the one we watched and talked about today, mm. a rom com Oscar. Oh, man, you really, you really revved that engine. How's the um, how's the headphones? You really got in my ear holes. I kind of tried to go a little Paul Bettany there. I yeah. Think. <laughs> Uh, I wish I had his monologue memorized. Oh, me too. That would be a good one to audition yeah. with if you ever. Oh, yeah. Ulrich yeah. von Lichtenstein. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. So, not crazy about this movie, but there's there's a lot of things I do like. Are you crazy, stupid, or love? No. Um, uh, like everything's really pretty good. Production design's pretty good. Costume design's pretty good. Direction gets the job done. Mm-hmm. All the actors are good. Um, best supporting supporting role. The Dane. The Dane. Regardless of his like story getting explicated, his oddities. This yeah. guy is so committed to whatever's going on with yeah. this. Yeah. Like that's where I'm like, there's got to be more to it because it's there's something so like real about this. Like like Robin and I said, we wanted the short film about their love. Yeah, that's all directed exactly how their interactions. Yeah. Go. So whatever that Dane is doing. Yeah. Good job, man. Okay. Yeah. Best yeah. Supporting supporting actor. Ooh, I like it. New <laughs> yeah. new Oscar. Yeah. Hey. Oscars, get at us. Yeah. Um, you need more award categories, obviously. Best best actor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> best best boy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That's good. That's good Oscar. I think honestly, I think I'm gonna give this to the production design. Yeah. I think uh it's super cool the shop that they made. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, like 
all the houses that she went to and like the, like the locations for the ice skating rink and just uh, like, uh, like the little tchotchkes they found. It all felt like it fit in this weird little corner of London that they Mm -hmm. were in. Yeah. 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 I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of love, who'd you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. I, you know, I was going to say Henry Golding and then I was like, ah, it's too much like falling in love with yourself. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Santa. Oh yeah. She, she's a little severe for my taste usually, but there's something about Michelle Yeoh that's just undeniably. mm. Oh yeah. I, oh yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm going with Amelia Clark. What? Because. But she's a mess, Ryan. I don't care. I'm down to clown. <laughs> the last couple of movies, you've just been like, I, I did that. <laughs> We're falling in love, Ryan. If if Sarah ever had a celebrity doppelganger, it's Amelia Clark. And so. I can yeah. see that. But she's not. She's not that big of a mess. No, she's not. From what I saw. Yeah. Compared to other movie messes like Julia Roberts in My Best Friend's Wedding, yeah, that is like atomic nuclear. Like no, you, no, no, you no. gotta stay away from that. I think it's a good choice. I, I I thought about it as well. It's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. And and like what you get at the end of this movie is a pretty well rounded person mm-hmm. who knows how to have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the movie. Next. Next time you'll see us is on Christmas Day. A completely different film. Mm-hmm. With 1994 version of Little Women. Mm-hmm. Not the Greta Gerwig version. No. That'll have to come at a later time. Yeah. A later date, maybe next Christmas. So you've seen Little Women. Yes, I have. Have you? How little are they? Are they like <laughs> scary little? <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Uh, I've I seen Little Women. It's one of Sarah's ultimate films so Mm. i've seen it several times oh man this has been a good month of watching movies with sarah Mm -hmm. huh yeah and we'll talk about it later but mr bear is like her romantic ideal that she projected onto me so like ooh, she got cuddly when mr bear shows up so when you didn't become a teacher was that hard for her i still you know lecture from time to time just to like it's Make just, sure like my Mr. Bear you, you just put on, like, keeps going. A sweater and a coat yeah. and like come out in a top hat every uh, once in a while. She really likes my um that the patches on my blazer. Oh yeah, your your elbow patches. I I think it's because of her Mr. Bear kink. Like <laughs> she's um, like, mm. I'll, I'll stop wearing my sweaters with patches over <laughs> yeah. here then. Yeah, cuz it kind of triggers some things. Yeah, yeah. I, every time I I'm I'm wearing them, she like looks across the room at me. I'm like, "Stop. What <laughs> stop, what are you doing?" Stop the stir. She's like, "Just the patches, man." Sarah listening to this and mortified. <laughs> It's fine. She can deal um, with it. So yeah, she's an adult. <laughs> Special episode, Christmas Day episode, Little Women. Little Women. Well, Kelly, I love you so much that. I mean, if I was dead, I might as well give you my heart. Oh, like I'm yeah. dead. I'm not using it. Yeah, you can have it. I would love it. It's Take a, it. It's a good strong heart. Take it. If I, I love you so much that if I killed your fish on accident, mm. which we didn't even talk about. Mm-hmm. 
I would get you a new fish. Oh, oh, thanks. No problem. Glug, glug. <clears throat> and this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms.